1: Mumba!
2: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. A week on from that glorious day at the Wembley of the North, we decided it was time to put on our own black tie event and dish out some accolades in the form of our own end of season awards. I'm Aaron and joining me this week are John Allsop. How was your first weekend without Argyle?
3: Whatever. In um, whatever, yes, I was at a wedding with a, a whole city fan normally when i go to weddings i wear my Plum of argyle tie which i purchased because um i went to a wedding on the same day we played watford in that fa cup quarterfinal in 2007 or whenever it was um so yeah i normally wear my argyle tie to weddings which has become a subject of much ridicule among my friends and this time i was a groomsman unfortunately so i was not able to wear it I was given a whole a city colored tie uh for my mate it was a whole city band's wedding and um, yeah, obviously, you know frustrating, but maybe, maybe if I don't wear my tie more, then I'll go get more promotions. who knows?
2: yeah, i have a I have a soft spot for Hull, and I have absolutely no idea why. Um, I think I just like I like the, what is the opposite
3: of, of a soft spot because that is what I have for Hull. loathing, I think There we go.
2: Loathing. Uh, live from a travel lodge in Wigan. Joe Bell. What earth are you doing there? You'll never see that.
4: It's, it's a Premier Inn, not a travel lodge. Other other Sorry. hotel chains are available. Um, I'm visiting some friends this weekend. So, yeah, very, very good, enjoyable weekend. Lovely weather as well up here. Hmm.
2: An enjoyable yeah. weekend in Wigan.
4: Wow. OK. And uh, last but not least,
1: the
2: birthday boy, Sam Down. Happy birthday, mate.
1: Hello. Thank you very much, Aaron. Yes, I've had a, I've had a lovely birthday. Thank you. Just very chilled out. Sat on my backside watching the football and, and uh, ordered a takeaway, and otherwise done very little. So, yeah, it, it enjoyed. Uh, yeah, Wanda, welcome uh, to welcome to my thirties. I'm now officially in the thirties club. It, His friends it, are just out of shot, laughing.
4: It it, it <laughs> sounds it sounds like you've really enjoyed your day, Sam. The enthusiasm is radiating through the phone.
1: Oh, you know, sometimes a nice chilled out day is, is what you want for a birthday. My um. My family are currently out of Plymouth, so I'm going to see them in midweek. Go for a nice meal, catch up with them. So I had a nice chilled out day with my with my housemates today. So yeah, after some of the wild weekends I've had recently, thanks to my eccentric appetite for alcohol or whatever Joe called it, sometimes a nice quiet day for a birthday is, is just what I need. So I've had a, yeah, I've had a chilled out birthday. Um, enjoyed it, and uh, not so much enjoying being part of the thirties club. But uh, yeah, you gotta make you gotta make make the best of life. So so here I am, and jumping uh, on to do my po- do the podcast on my birthday is a sign of dedication. If I do say so myself, very much so, very much so. Before we get started on the Argyle
2: Life Awards, uh, the club announced that five of the title-winning squad have been offered new contracts. Uh, Galloway triggering a one-year extension while Danny Mayer, Connor Grant, Luke Jeffcott, Ryan Law, Finley Krask, and James Bolton all depart. Uh, I've also put in brackets here a list of names because I forgot to uh, uh, write down who we've offered contracts to. Dan Scar, uh, Ryan Hardy, um, and a few James others. Wilson. Yeah, a few of those. Um, should we should we do a few minutes each uh, summarising uh, the those that we've let go? Who wants to start with the magician that is Danny Mayer?
4: Um Danny Mayer, yes. Um he uh has had the unenviable task really of having to try and live up to the tag of being better than Kerry and Lemirus that the previous manager put on him when he signed. Um I don't think any of us can knock his contribution, even if at times it has lacked an end product at various points. Um however, hats off to him and the club for the nine minutes um leaving interview that they provided this week um i thought it was it hit the right notes it had the right level of poignancy about it um i thought it was very clear in the interview how valued mayor has felt within the football club over the last four years which i think is testament to the work that goes on behind the scenes um, and you know it, it did show that how much Mayor enjoyed Plymouth, um, including Kitty's, which was an interesting revelation to those who perhaps didn't know that side of Danny Mayor's life. Um, yeah, it was a very emotional interview. Um, I thought Mayor spoke very well. I thought Charlie Price asked the right questions with the right tone. And it, it's a shame that that really Mayor had to live up to that tag from such an early point of his career, really. I think had we not had that in the back of our minds every time he stepped onto the pitch in a green shirt, some people may look at his career a little bit differently with Argo. Um, because other than that, than that prolific season with Barry, his career never really been washed with goals and massive amounts of assists. So he's probably carried on where his career has been. I think he is a fantastically gifted footballer who will do... A northwest-based club, um, quite a lot of good in coming seasons. Um, and look, you can't knock his reasons. Um, I think we all accept that life in Plymouth is is difficult for these people when they're so far away from their family, as mayor has been for the last three years. So, um, hats off to him. He's been fantastic, particularly the last sort of half dozen games of our season. Um, and like with all the players. Um, you wish them nothing but success in whatever it is they decide to do after Argyle or wherever it is they play. But um, I think we will look back on Danny Mayer's time at Argyle, although it perhaps lacked a a quality within finishing at times. um, You can never not say that over four years, Danny Mayer didn't give a hundred percent for Argyle because he always left it out there for me. And uh, hats off to Danny and the best of luck in your future endeavours.
2: Yeah, I think it showed as well the last... He's definitely the most informed player in those last like 10 games into the runs of the title. So replacing him is going to be a big ask. But um, obviously you mentioned it there, Joe. Obviously he's compared to Kerry a lot by um, Mr Lowe. Could you argue that his contribution at least has been better than Kerry's, taking us from League Two to the Championship? Uh,
4: If you're looking at it with that matrix, then obviously yes. Um, But you can't knock the importance that Graham Carey had on our club at the time. Um, I mean, we were just incredibly lucky to have him when we did. The, the The goals he scored, the chance he created, the moments he gave us were something that very few players ever give to a fan base of a generation, let alone in just a couple of years. So I think we'll look back on Mayer's career at Argyle as a success in time um it perhaps will take a bit of time before everyone comes around to just how good and how influential he was to us um but that i don't you're trying to make me make a comparison between the two now and i'm not going to do that um because they're two different entities and they've both given us just as much joy over their career at argo so um that's that's where i'm leaving the matter correct answer diplomatically answered
2: um, Connor Grant, one hundred and thirty-seven games, fourteen goals, two promotions. Definitely gave me one of my highlights. Of what you uh, are going that that MK Don's away game? Who wants? Who wants a few words on Connor?
1: I'd like to go on, go on Connor Grant if I can. I I was always a a big fan of Connor Grant from when I first saw him. From, well, not maybe not from when I very first saw him play, but from quite soon into his 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 first season with us. I I, I like the look of him. Um, I I thought that he he was a very classy player, very calm on the ball, never seemed uh, flustered, never under pressure, could always pick out a good pass. Uh, And obviously he got injured in about November of that season and then we went down. So obviously then he had a fresh start under low in League Two. Incidentally, he he was, um, unless you count Cooper or Randall's very small handful of games in, you know, Cooper against Blackburn and Randall in the Pizza Cup. Grant was the only player remaining who had played under Derek Adams. Obviously, the rest of the squad had played obviously under either Lowe or Schumacher or, indeed, just under Schumacher. Grant was the last one remaining who had a substantial part under Derek Adams. So, yeah, he obviously then had the fresh start under Ryan Lowe. And I think that season, the year we went up, in the year that was disrupted due to COVID and then ended on points per game, I think he was actually, in a quietly understated way, really good for us that year. He didn't actually start that many games because it was it was tend it tended to be um uh starsevich in there as as the midfield to that year. But I do think as much as Starciwich had a very good season that year, in the games in which Grant started, we were a better team because Grant made the players around him better. He like I say he had that game IQ he, he could tell the runs that players ahead of him were going to make. He was composed. And I think the season of Richie really Quite quite unusually, really, came into his own as a a player who was really beloved by the fan base. was what, the COVID season, and what I say the COVID season, I mean the the entirely behind closed doors season. We came eighteenth that year, but I think Conor Grant um did, did almost more than any other player to keep us in the division that year. He had something ridiculous, like something like eleven assists and, and four goals that season. Um, and then and, and they were pretty much all quite decisive assist, uh, goals and assists as well. They weren't just um you know, stat padding or, or, or getting goals back or anything like that. They were some really fantastic, um, important goals and assists in, in that COVID season. And then obviously um, last season, his fourth season of the club, um, with, with fans fully back in the ground, he, he was again, had an excellent season coming seventh in League 1. And I think... Um, that MK Don's goal, like Karen alluded will just live very long in the memory of, of all of us. It, it was a real fastest moment. Um, obviously, lower had just left. It had been quite a shocking week for the fans, we, but we were all, you know, loudly getting behind the team, uh, singing, singing our hearts out on the away end. We were 1-0 down. It wasn't the best performance, but we we started to come back into it and the second half went on and Conor Grant scored an excellent, excellent finish to, to equalise it and, and send the away end wild. And... Um, send certain people who we won't mention flopping into the segregation. Um if they might be listening to this podcast. But uh, Conor Grant, um and and then at um for the rest of that season his versatility as well I would want to pay tribute to great great at wing back I think even better in centre midfield. And I think he could just have that more control and composure over the game in centre midfield. So um and then obviously yeah the, um then last season ended and unfortunately this season he he barely got a sniff of action um, due to his injuries. But even then, I think what an absolutely fantastic moment it was for him to score that second goal to win us the game at Accrington. Um, Because I think we all kind of knew he was probably going to be going at the end of the season, just not due to ability, but due to lack of lack of minutes. And I think what, what a great way to say goodbye to the fans. I know he then did technically play after that at Port Vale, but what, what a great sort of parting moment that was for him and the fans at Accrington. I'd also say, um speaking on i have never actually personally had any dealings with him but speaking on behalf of numerous people who have who said have met him i've i you know he's always been an absolute credit to the club off the pitch always willing to to take time to to talk to fans set, send birthday messages to people um to, went for when they've had them requested i have heard nothing but but good things about him as a person and i think if not for the injuries, what a great great player that would be to have in the championship but just unfortunately um unfortunately i think Schumacher said he had to think with his head rather than his heart because he was just so injury-prone. But yeah, it's been a pretty glowing review, as you have just heard. And um, I think whichever League One club signs him, if if they can keep him fit, what a fantastic, fantastic asset they have both on and off the pitch. John, that leaves you with Luke
2: Jeffcott, Ryan Law, Finlay Crask or James Bolton. Choose your weapon.
1: And Brandon Persil, let's not forget him. Oh, sorry, yes, and Brandon Personal. And and Adam Parks, in fact, as well, Park's, Park's life. life.
3: I guess maybe instead I could do uh, quicker comments on on a couple of those because I'm not sure there's anyone in there with the the stature of a Danny Mayer or or Connor Grant to wax lyrical over um in, in quite the same way. Um, I also with Jeff Cott, obviously it's it's a bit of a weird one because he hasn't been around this season. um. Kind of strange to think he actually played a couple of games at the beginning of the season, if I, if I remember correctly. Sam, is that right?
1: Yeah, only off the bench, none from the start. Yeah. But he did come on in a couple of games. Yeah, just over, like there some, was one.
3: It feels like someone who's not at all, you know, synonymous with this season, not at all part of our memory. So it's it's kind of weird to think that he actually did play for us this season a little bit. Um, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't quite worked out, which is a real shame. But um, I think obviously deserves
2: credit and a mention not to jump in over you but i do think actually he doesn't get any of the credit he you could argue he deserves he's got one in three for a for a youth prospects like he's arguably one of our better youth prospects in in recent years and it's only because of randall and cooper who are phenomenal talents that he's not you know i can imagine he would still be around for this season if we hadn't had those
1: yeah um I, I, well I don't
3: know I think I think I think it was correct to move him on out on loan when we did I think that um Cosgrove while you know occasionally a frustrating player or a player who seemed to encourage us to sort of follow some of our worst instincts when it came to building up it came to building up patterns of play like from the start of games um Cosgrove is obviously offered I think just something a little bit different different dimension to to what got had um but yeah, I think as Aaron said, you know that, that, that's absolutely right. Um, he is a player who has come through the academy, has scored an unbelievable amount of goals in that kind of first purple patch that he had. Which, I mean, obviously it goes without saying that if he hadn't scored all of those goals, we would have um, gone down in that in that first season. Back up in League One, obviously wouldn't therefore be where we are today. Um, you know, someone who clearly has an incredible poacher's instinct, and I think somebody who actually built on that and became a better player off the ball, you know, in terms of his hold up play. The problem is, I think that when he developed that side of his game, the goal seems to dry up a little bit. Um, so yeah, some great memories, maybe not through, you know, the, the best times necessarily, certainly not times that can kind of be held up and compared to this season, but which um, Michigan was an important player last season as well. got some really good goals for us and they, and they were happy memories. Um, so yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame it hasn't quite worked out for him, but obviously, you know, send him extraordinary good wishes and thanks for everything he's done to the football club. And and I think someone who I'd like to think we won't, you know, won't forget. And and as with Conor Grant, I mean, I don't, I don't think Jeff Gold's likely to be in League One next season, probably looking at League Two, wherever he ends up, I think um are going to have, you know, a, a credit to whatever club that is on on their hands. Um, and then I also wanted to talk slightly about James Bolton because he's someone we've mentioned on the podcast quite a lot. He's someone I'm a huge fan of. Um Obviously, someone who has not, unfortunately, made a huge contribution to Plymouth Argyle Football Club in the sense that he's just not had the opportunity to play that many games because of his horrible injury record. I think with him, really, it's a quite you know it's a case of what might have been. Because for me, I think I've said on this pod before, I think he's the best centre back of the the six that we have at the club. Um, I think looking back on that shout, I might elevate Dan Scar above him on ability. Just cause I think Scar has improved so astronomically since we signed him, but. Bolton, for me, whenever I've seen him, I've been incredibly impressed with his positioning, with his versatility in that kind of, you know, in terms of playing in the centre or or on one of the wide positions in that back three. Um, You know, obviously a threat from set pieces as well. Just thought he was a really, really classy player. And it's a real, real shame, I think, we didn't get to see more of him. Because to my mind, I think he is one of those who, if he could stay fit, you know, absolutely would have been good enough to make the step up to the championship. So he's hoping for his sake he can get his injury problems a bit behind him, perhaps find another ambitious League One club and, and can get a, a run of games under his belt. Um, so yeah, th- thanks to both of those and obviously, you know, the other the other players that you mentioned as well who hasn't quite worked out for. Um, Ryan Law, of course, that incredible, we talked a bit about about, about the, the trio who were already released last week, if I remember correctly, Ryan Law, that incredible goal at Birmingham in the FA Cup. I was there, it was an absolute limbs moment um, and put in some, you know, a couple of pretty good mature performances for the club. Um, yeah, I just have to echo you know what's been said and I hope they all land on their
2: feet. Yeah, um, obviously Ryan Law, I think, will always be synonymous with that strike up at Birmingham. So to send us to Stamford Bridge as well. So I don't really want to give this too much credence, and I know Joe doesn't definitely doesn't want to talk about it. Well, obviously, there's some tweets doing the rounds linking uh, Schumacher to the Southampton job. Uh, any thoughts on this, Sam? I know that you you were slightly worried
1: that. Might be a job he would take. I mean, yeah, I, I literally did say it even before the league. So I just kind of thought that, you know, that they're a club who generally like to make quite a, you know, up and coming hipster appointment. They're not going to be a type of club who will hire a, you know, someone like an aladdice or an Alan Pardew or, or anyone like that. They? they are somebody who like to go for someone up and coming. So it was kind of always vaguely in my mind that that might be a club who would have an interest in him. Um and and as, uh, as you tweeted from the Argyle Life account, Aaron, the fact that it's the same journalist who broke low to Preston is yeah. mildly concerning. But, you know, ultimately, he did all say they were looking at Russell Martin as well. So hopefully they, they, they go for Russell Martin or or somebody else. Obviously, if it, if it happens, it happens. and we'll, we'll obviously, crikey, if it does happen, I'm sure we'll be on the podcast talking about it. But, yeah, let's just hope it doesn't. That's all I can say. Anything
4: else to add, Joe? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's sort of come back to bite me a little bit, wasn't it, with my attitude towards the conversation we had after the Burton game, um, with with this link from Alex Crook, who, uh, as you say, quite rightly broke the story to Ryan Low to Preston, but that's a very tedious link if we're hanging on to it. The fact that. Um, that's the the God given right that Schumacher is bound for Southampton. Um, it should be noted that Russell Martin um, is slightly stronger in the betting markets. Not that you can necessarily read too much into that. Um, I think he would be a much better fit for Southampton as well. Um, Steven Schumacher needs more experience um, and. That's not the club for him. We all know the club that's for him, not Southampton.
2: There's also a very vocal fan base arguing that there's a better manager coming out of League One into the championship. So um if
4: they'd like to take a look at Kieran McKenna instead, um he's he's got sure. he's got better XG data. Exactly. Apparently. Exactly. Are
1: uh, we gonna are we gonna touch on that Guardian article at all? I am sure John's got a rat up his sleeve about that guardian article today.
4: No, we're here to do awards, aren't we, Aaron? Yeah, we're yes, here to talk yeah, talk about we're not here to oh, talk I was about-
1: going to say,
3: actually, I think that all of the awards must be won by Kieran McKenna, who steered that Ipswich side to such an unlikely
1: promotion. Happy birthday, Kieran, if you're listening. Can he does share my birthday. He's 37 today. Well, not that I'm 37. I'm but- not
4: sure he'll be listening, but he'll have b- better birthday XG than you.
1: <laughs> yeah. much better expected gifts. Yes, absolutely.
2: <laughs> right, we'll
1: move on to the awards.
2: Uh, really, really quickly. Um, League, obviously, League One playoffs underway. Who are you wanting to join us in the championship? It could be a short, sharp answer.
4: It won't. It won't be Sheffield Wednesday.
2: Yeah. Hey. <laughs> no. Okay. I
3: I feel like I'm going to hate myself for saying this after what they did to us at Wembley, but
4: I, I
2: don't know. I quite like Bolton think that's twice that you said you like Bolton on this pod.
3: Ian Ever is done a really good job there. I think that, as, I think, as I think I've said before, their recent trajectory has kind of mirrored ours a little bit. Um, with you know, albeit kind of a season behind us, um, I think they're a club that have obviously been through absolute hell. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think they deserve another crack at the championship. They've got some good players. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's likely to be them necessarily, but. Uh, I think, to answer your question, they would be the ones I would want out of the four.
1: I'll give a short answer. I'd like it to be Peterborough. The reasons being because it's a good away game. Lots of pubs near the city centre, ground near the city centre. And also because I think they're the most likely to come below us next season. So, Peterborough United.
4: Exactly that. We've got more chance of taking points off Peterborough than anyone else, I think.
2: I'd like Peterborough, even though they did beat us 5-2 at their place, um, I'd like Peterborough purely for location, ease and I could be home within her an hour and we could definitely take out these three points. Do
4: you 100. live in Norwich by any chance, Aaron? No, not mentioned.
3: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!"
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonalds.com. Okay.
2: Anyway, on to the awards. Uh, we're not able to give out any physical awards, even if we wanted to, as the lads are partying away in Las Vegas. Uh, watching them blare out the Janna song down the strip is a personal highlight, uh, while rumours circulate that Hallett is putting the 12 million pound playing budget all on black.
4: Green Zero, surely.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. If that came in, we'd be we'd be championship winners next season.
1: Let's start with goal of the season. Shotgun Niall Ennis, um against Mr. Rovers. I'm sure everyone will will also want to pick that one. But that was just one of those goals that you see once every three, four, five seasons if you're lucky. Um there were some other fantastic goals I'm sure others will mention, but the level of skill required to undertake that Ennis one was just the extreme audacity of it he why are you even thinking to do that from there you know but he did and he scored and it was just incredible uh, and and also at such a, not just the pure skill itself that would have been taken to score the goal but it coming at such a critical moment as well um the the biggest you know here I am look what I'm going to do I'm going to win the game all by myself moment and and it did and that was the game that. Put us with one foot over the line. So Niall Anthony against Mr. Rovers at home is my goal of the season.
3: John. I will nominate. We're not allowed to choose the same ones, are we? So I will nominate for this award. Uh Barley Mumba against Exeter City at home park. Um I was there. I was right behind it. I was basically screaming, don't shoot. Um, and what do I know? Flew in the bottom corner. Unbelievable swerve of movement uh on the ball. A real net buster. Obviously, you know the opposition and the limbs and the you know sky cameras under the lights and all the rest of it kind of added to the drama of the moment. And I think it was it was sort of symbolic. Obviously, of a number of fantastic goals that Mumba has scored for us over the course of the season, just sort of highlighted his audacity and his his confidence. So yeah, I'm going to go to Barley Mumba against Exeter for my goal of the season. I don't my, I don't my... want
2: to quote Gary Coldwell, but I'm sure he said something like, "I don't think he's hit it that well. I don't think he's meant it."
3: Yeah, well, Gary Colwell, of course, infamously, uh, as a footballer, knew a lot about scoring 35-yard screamers, so definitely someone that I will uh, take take lessons off on that.
4: I'm glad I ended up going third on this. Um, I see your goals and I raise you Finn Isaac Azaz at The Mem in October. Um, Sam talks about audacity and whatever other superlatives he gave to Niall and his skill and what have you. Finnezzas had absolutely no right whatsoever to put that in the far corner from where he was. And yet he still had the kahunas to do it. Um, It was an incredible strike. It set us on our way to what should have been three points. It it didn't end up that way. Um, But in one of the more enjoyable games of football I watched this season, live with my own two eyes, um, Finnezzas against Bristol Rovers is my goal of the season.
2: Yeah, I think we've mentioned it several times on the pod. We could have had many answers to this. Obviously, we have missing Hardy's goal against Cheltenham at home. Wright's goal at Shrewsbury away just for the limbs. Whittaker at home to Whipswich. Mumber away to Whipswich. Mumber home to Whipswich even. Yeah. If... Randall at Rovers as well? Randall at Rovers. Randall at Port Vale? Randall at Grimsby. That was 35 yards, wasn't it? Um, but anyway, that was a day to forget, so let's not talk about that one. What am I going for
4: as the deciding vote?
3: Well, hang on. Are you you getting the deciding vote on all of these? Yeah. How is that fair?
4: How can it be a deciding vote when we've got three different answers? Because I get to edit the pod.
3: So you can either be deciding in the sense that he will give one of the answers two votes. But I was only nominated. You weren't allowed to choose the same thing. So I'm, I'm voting for Niall Ennis against. Um, okay. Against Bristol Rovers, like everyone else is, I assume. So that's two votes for that one, then.
2: Okay, all right, we'll do that. We'll 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 ask everybody what they want, and then we'll pick collectively as an Argyle Life collective winner. Given to Niall Ennis at home against Bristol Rovers, confirmed. Let's move on to home game of the season. So I mostly go to away games, um,
3: and obviously because a lot of the home games were Saturday three pm games, I was not able to watch them. Um, in in accordance with the blackout rules, so legally you weren't you weren't able to watch them legally, John. I didn't watch them at all. What have you know? I'm a law-abiding citizen, Aaron. Um, Your Honor, I went to two home games in particular that that I would like to nominate, and I'm actually going to nominate one that is not on the list that you put on Twitter. I believe, which was uh Derby County at home. Um. It was a game, I think, that actually proved absolutely pivotal in our season. Probably, in retrospect, doesn't quite get the credit it deserves as a turning point because Derby didn't end up surging, uh, you know, in the manner that it looked like they might at one point uh, into real top two contention and, in fact, you know, not even into the playoffs in the end. But at the time, they were someone who we thought were maybe on our tail a bit or, or had been. It was seen as a really important game. And I just felt that it kind of epitomized everything that was good about our season. We were quite poor for the first half of the game. Derby really dominated it control possession. Um, but then in the second half, Shuey made some masterful substitutions. And I think that final 25, 30 minutes, maybe slightly longer against Derby is the best I've ever seen any Plymouth Argar team play relative to the, the level they're in. We absolutely blew them away. Extraordinary one touch slick attacking football, mesmerizing to watch at times. It really, really was, um, I know some people will, you know, say that the penalty was contentious. I think we'd have won the game anyway. I think we were all over them, and, and we're going to do whatever it took to get that second goal. Um, so I think for me, that's one that, that epitomised everything that was good about our season. Great atmosphere as well under the lights. Um, so I'm going to nominate the two-one win over Derby County. You could because I feel like another one I could have mentioned, which I feel like someone else is definitely going to have. So
2: you could argue it epitomised our season in the fact that it was a lucky decision by a knee as well. <laughs>
4: It was obviously Lincoln at home on Bank Holiday Monday, wasn't it? Um, no, it was. Uh, you no, know, I'm not going to go with the one you perhaps think. Um, I'm going to go for one that I thoroughly enjoyed from start to finish that had almost everything in it. Um, it had contentious refereeing decisions that we all know and love. It had a unbelievable winner. It had chance after chance, two good teams going at each other. Sheffield Wednesday at home. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, it was an unbelievable header from Cosgrove that won it, um, and yeah, it had everything, the goal that should have stood the penalty that should have been given both teams going right at it, that's the one for me
1: Good choice Sam, down I mean, I, I have to give the one, the most obvious one that would be a glaring omission if it wasn't ever obviously Burton Home the promotion game Um, people are going to be quite shocked that the exit home, 4-2 didn't make it, but I wasn't at that game, I I, so I can't nominate it. I was otherwise detained. So, yeah, it's got to be the Burton home. Just what a fantastic moment that was. What a fantastic night in the Barbican. What a fantastic time for the city. We finally did it. Pure, overwhelming release. Um, home crowd going going ballistic, whether you were on the pitch or off it. I was off it, I should add. I made that quite clear. But, you know, everyone going mad. Um and, and the memories of that night will live will live long and the memories seeing the entire squad uh, in revs, dancing and, uh, uh, yeah, sw- swilling alcohol. Uh, yeah, Burton home. Yeah, there's been quite a few that we could have had. Um, I was toying between Exeter
2: at home, Burton at home or Ipswich at home due to the obvious answers being taken. Um, I think, yeah, I-, I will nominate the Exeter for two just so it gets a mention. Um, okay, as we're doing this as a collective, what we're we going for.
3: I, I was actually going to vote for the Exeter game. I, I assumed that either Joe or Sam would say it, so I chose Derby just to make sure that one got a look in
4: because I felt it deserved to be in contention. But I, I didn't. That's the reason I went with the Sheffield Wednesday game was I didn't think it'd get as much uh, love as it should do. But yeah, I think we all agree beating your rivals four two at home, perfect. I still, I, I still think it's Burton
1: just because that was the culmination of the promotion, but. If that's if the majority is going directly, it's a worthy winner.
2: It is, and also I think this is the time to admit that I made a mistake on the poll and was supposed to put Derby at home, but for some reason wrote Pompey, and then once it had had one hundred and twenty odd on votes, I realised and was like, well, can't really do much about that now.
3: Well, be- beating beating them is never bad, is it? Never bad.
2: Moving from the best home game, it makes sense to move on to the
4: best away game,
2: uh, Joe. You can go first on this one.
4: Uh, You've gone to the one person who did very little away games this year. I wasn't there. I felt there in spirit. Uh, Port Vale away, 3-1, win the title, did it the right way. 4,000 people in that away end or 3,986, however many the official figure was. Um, Yeah, fair play. Port Vale, 3-1. Nothing more needs to be said. Sam down. I think you're next.
1: It will come as no surprise to anybody that I am nominating Shrewd Spree away. That is the most absolutely ballistic I've ever gone at full-time, I think. Obviously, Burton, for, for like, uh, home for the overall day, was just amazing. But that, but that full-time is pure shock slash relief. In terms of just being completely overjoyed, jumping up and down, um, hugging people at random, screaming just excessively with joy, it would have to be true to be away. Um, just an absolutely incredible moment. I, I don't think I've ever had such a massive outpouring of, of delight due to football as I did in that moment. Um, from from being seconds away from dropping out of the top three for the first time since September, just top two. Sorry. Okay, you know we would have had a game in hand. It wouldn't have been like doomed, but that would have been a real big psychological blow. And then to come up like that at, at the death. I can just see it in slow motion. The ball being whipped in sort of, it sort of seems like an age to four sort of diving header from Callum Wright bundles it in. And then the rest is just a like I say, a complete uh, blur of, of, of limbs flying in all different directions. Um, I remember, uh, bumping into Tatsumaki bones outside, shout out Tatsumaki if you're listening, I know you do. Um, uh, and, and just loads of us just hugging him at random. Um, I remember being on the um, on the banana bus um, going. That that's our that's a, a minibus. You can cut that out. I remember being on. I remember being on the bus going home, um, singing Ole Ole, Callum right 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 and and banging the windows as we were driving out of Shrewsbury. It was just an, an explosion of joy, and I don't think football will get much better than Shrewsbury away. Shout out Central tonight from Sam Down and John Allsop. So I feel like,
3: again, we're going to go through the three of us with kind of the obvious one being missed out because the obvious answer is probably Derby away, but I wasn't there. That's I my had answer. Wedding, like... Which I was actually furious about because it was like, my my um, dad's side of my family are actually from Derby. My uncle's a Derby fan. And so it's always been quite a big game for me. And yeah, first, first one I looked for when the fix just came out and it clashed with a friend's wedding that we had done in the diary for ages. So sadly couldn't make it um does john was, just do yeah. anything well,
1: other than weddings isn't just wedding no, well just yeah well
3: you're <laughs> not now you're 30 as well so you'll uh, you'll be invited to 16 weddings a year um mm-hmm. i say this as if i'm not the same school year as sam um
1: but yeah you're invited to some just seemingly not as many as you you're mr worldwide clearly yeah well anyway, I, I, I,
3: have, I have friends sam um but <laughs> oh dearie me, was uh walking around a um uh, lawn outside of village hall in Warrington, like wielding a croquet mallet. When I found out that we were three-two up, and was uh, going absolutely mental and throwing it around. Um, but no, I think I think I had to pick one that I went to. I reckon, and as I've discussed, I don't know if I've said it on the pod. I actually have a horrible away record following our this season. Managed to be there for all the lows and only a couple of the highs. Um, but the one, the, the different one, I'll nominate is Ipswich away. Um, I felt that was a game where again, sort of meant something more than just the result because of the way that we got that point. I think in previous seasons, we'd have lost that game, maybe narrowly, may have come away saying we played well. That was obviously kind of the conversations we thought we'd be having. But once again, this team just showed their never-say-die attitude and the limbs when that Mumba strike went in right in front of me. That That's probably the most, like... That, that's the single iconic moment of the season for me, I think. And I remember turning to Sam and saying, I think that's the moment that we you know, that we actually... I think we will look back on that as one of the moments of the season if we if we seal it. And we did seal it and it is one of the moments of the season. So I'm going to go for that Ipswich game.
2: Yeah, the, obviously the goals over Ipswich as well is what effectively have picked them to, to the title. The um, end of... The end no, of if, season... if won, I thought Ipswich won the league. No. I read that somewhere. Not that I'm aware of. The It was a, a bit of a lesson, really, not to do an end of season poll thread before the end of the season. The standout winner was uh, Derby away. Uh, Exeter away got the same amount of votes as Shrewsbury away. So obviously I will nominate the Derby 3-2. um, Yeah, what a day. What an incredible day. Just to go, we've mentioned it on the pod before, but to go from seasons where we just couldn't win from behind to going to Derby early on in the season, I know, but it just sort of set the tone that we could... We could turn around anything, and and it's just incredible. Sam Cosgrove, huh? what a goat. Sam Cosgoat, as he's been nicknamed in some circles. Um, let's do the collective again. Who
4: who wins?
1: Port Vale. Oh, I'm sticking to my guns, Drewsbury.
4: I'm not backing down. Well, I'm not Port, backing
2: Port vale.
1: down, so it's just too... 2-1 to Port vale. Port vale. Port Vale. Well, that's a worthy winner. Very worthy winner.
2: Port Vale won. And good job it wasn't 2-1 to Port Vale. Um, worst defeat. Uh, I said this one, don't take life too seriously. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, Joe doesn't get to go first because I feel like he'll know what I know what he'll pick. Um, Sam, you can go first. Worst defeat.
1: Oh, crikey. Um, I, I, to honest, I didn't really plan for this question. I kind of forgot it was coming. Uh... No, it's not, it's not like I sent you uh, the questions in advance. No, yeah, well, I know. I know. <laughs> um, prob. I, I, yes, it's probably Peterborough. Um, it's certainly not going to be the Bolton because I don't care enough about it. It's not going to be Lincoln Home because I think I was quite philosophical about that one. I kind of thought we had to lose Home eventually. Yeah, I guess it's Peterborough. It was a very poor performance. Just went there and got didn't show up defensively, very slack. Um got battered, lots of stupid little errors. And that was following on from Fleetwood Holmes. So it was two league games without a win. I know two league two league games win without a win doesn't sound like much at all. But we we very rarely went two league games without a win. We always bounced back by winning. So yeah, Peterborough was probably like the low point of the season for me. Um, which is crikey considering how how good good a position we were staying in, if that's the low point of what a good season we've had. But yeah, Peterborough.
3: John? Um, I will spare spare Joe's blushes and make the obligatory case for Bolton so that he doesn't have to do it. Um, I agree with Sam. It's not a competition that I particularly cared about. Um, Unlike Sam, I didn't maintain a fake boycott of the tournament until it was convenient for me to break it. So I don't want to say that I was... Um, you know, less excited uh, about it than than Sam. I was probably more excited, um, you know, by, by the concept of winning the trophy. But, but, but at the same time, I didn't hugely care. But it, I think it was an absolutely crushing sort of reversal of what until that point had been a fantastic day, right? You know, the sun shining, Green Army out in force. I was in the pub for several hours beforehand, you know, chanting on the train on the way out to Wembley um took a bunch of mates with me it was just a really great fun day out and then to have that just absolutely punctured within 10 minutes was an incredibly miserable feeling even if the stakes weren't as high as they would have been for a league game um obviously it was a moment of embarrassment for us in the in a bright national spotlight as well regardless of whether you think that was justified or not um and yeah we were just shockingly shockingly poor um that was a very very bad day out so i'll uh yeah i'll nominate the
4: bolton game there are, there are a few you could put up here, actually, um, for differing reasons. The one for an obscure well, I'd say it's an obscure reason, people may or may not agree with me. Barnsley three, Plymouth Argyle nil. Um, we had one one golden opportunity right at the start of the second half. And to the to the day I go blue in the face, I'll never know how we didn't score it. Um we- and from that moment well, we as a collective, we're doing this as a collective tonight, aren't we? Um, we win as a team, we lose as a team. Um and although we're not all out in Las Vegas, sadly, invite must still be in the post. Um, back on track, Barnsley away because then for forty minutes, we were completely and utterly schooled in football. Um that was as humbling an away day as I've ever witnessed, um where we are top of the league and we are being serenaded. Can we play you every week? And we are being olayed every time Barnsley pass the ball along their back line. Um, just a, a dreadful, dreadful afternoon. You know, I wish it had been called off. I wish this, they hadn't cleared all that snow away because I could have had even longer in the pub than I actually had that day and night. Um, so yes, Barnsley 3, Plymouth Argyle nil. for me, was the worst defeat of the season.
2: We're missing a two 5-1 defeats in the hands of Grimsby Town when we got battered by the Haddocks and uh 5-1 away at Charlton when we got battered by the Haddocks. Um I I'm gonna go Charlton 5-1 purely because yeah. purely because it was my nephew's first away game and we were flying and he had so much hope and so much joy in his eyes when I got the tickets out. And at about the <laughs> full time he was like ready to cry. And I was like, welcome to the the life of following Argyle. But yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely he was the one crying, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Very much so. Um, not a good night for us. Uh, James Wilson's red card, compounding it. Uh, things. Collectively, then?
3: Uh, I'll change my vote to Peterborough.
4: Uh, I would be purely because it's tedious reasons for me. I will also change my vote to Peterborough. Peter then
2: That's
4: mad. That's
2: like our best defeat. Anyway, um, moment of the season. So I'm not really sure what qualifies. Just any, any time you had a good time, I suppose. Um, The club gave out moment of the season to Argos promotion, which is quite broad. Um, but yeah, moment of the season. Who's first? John?
3: Yeah, I think it's my turn. I did think the, the the giving moment of the season to our promotion was stupid as well. Um, I think I've sort of already nominated Bali um goal against Ipswich in the ninety, whatever it was, minute uh, as my moment of the season. That for me is the kind of iconic. You know, when the movie of this season is filmed in my head, that's the that's the sort of moment that I remember um so yeah i guess i'll stick with that
4: this is harder than it it, it initially seems because i'm trying to find something really obscure to put forward as my moment of the season like a referee somehow managing to send off two players for a 50-50 tackle against the atkinson game at own park um my moments of the season i am going to go with nyle goal against burton I know it sort of covers the promotion angle, but you'll never forget the goal that takes us to the Championship, and that was it. Um, I say you'll never forget it. I wasn't there. Um, I had to wait till the next day to see it. But um, yeah, Niall Ennis' goal against Burton that took us to the Championship.
1: I am going to go for being in the stands after Port Vale, seeing us lift the trophy. Um, and I know that kind of contradicts me saying Shrewsbury was my favourite away game, and I I don't think it necessarily. Now, well, I, I think it does on paper. I don't think it necessarily, is, but I think Shrewsbury was about that. Was about that. Um, you know, ecstasy of the trip back, that explosion of joy. But I think just for that, that isolate, and obviously nothing in the actual ninety minutes of the of the Port Vale game was was as good as that Callum Wright moment. Nothing in the ninety minutes. But I think the sheer contentment and overwhelming pride of this club and what we've done. In that, hour, in that hour or so, we were all stood on the seats, you know, arms around each other's shoulders, seeing us go out onto the pitch, seeing the Port Vale with what a fantastic show their club put on for us. Um, getting the Argonne announcer to come on, reading the players' names one by one, watching them all come and get their medals and lift the trophy. Whilst I think Shroomsby was better just for for sheer manic manicness of it, if that's a word, mania maybe, I don't know for for the contentment and the pride in our club that that hour or so at the end of Port Vale I think there was probably barely a dry eye in the away end that is my moment of the season seeing us go out there and lift that title that the club had worked so hard for Yeah I think mine, mine would have been
2: along the similar route whether to go for Edwards or Azaz's goals where just we just knew that was it it was done you know championes but apart from that maybe organising a uh, boat Parade in the Fog, maybe that's
1: up there. Um. <laughs> I, basically, there had to be something about it that wasn't quite perfect, right? And, it, and if the weather is all it wants, then that's fine. It couldn't be completely perfect. There had to be one little thing go wrong. <laughs> and, and that was it, and that's fine. Collective decision? Ipswich town finishing second.
2: <laughs> I'm, sti- yeah, I'm
3: well, sticking, yeah. Well, it's a wild, card cont- against- a wild card contender scraping in there.
2: Actually, that's the point. I am going to change my moment of the season to Ballymumba smacking one top bins at Portman Road.
1: Sorry. There you go. Thank you. Well, that's the winner then. Fair enough. Oh, well, that's that's the winner. Well, with if, if if two are voted for it. Well, unless Joe wants to change his vote and join me and she can lift the trophy.
4: No. Alice has gone no. with okay. okay,
1: that's the winner then, because two of you have gone for it. Fair enough.
4: Well, well
3: so what's lifting the trophy is lame. I'm sorry. It's like promotion. It's a stupid answer to that question.
1: Well, I, I think it's more. I think it's a more specific answer, though. Know? It, it's an actual moment rather than just the, the the abstract nature of the promotion. All
4: right, then I'll I'll change my vote back to the fact that a referee managed to send off two players for a fifty fifty tackle at home against Accrington. Fair enough. Fair enough.
3: <laughs> Port Vale's disallowed second goal.
1: <laughs> oh no! <that's> be fair.
2: <laughs> that was incredible.
1: Oh. I- I don't i don't i don't hate that as a shout for the oh, yeah okay. it went on it, w- it went on so long i actually like thought, hang on a minute i've got this wrong the referee has allowed the goal and I, then, then i realized no no he hasn't they are just that daft so, to not realize <laughs> so, I feel bad taking a mick out of them so much they were so good to us that day but it was the fact that they went for the whole goal music the announcer would announce the scorer all their fans were still cheering and they still hadn't realized it had been disallowed so you know what I, I actually don't don't mind that let's let's give it to the disallowed Portman because then I kind of win anyway because that did follow by lifting the trophy so to be yeah, clear, let, let's go I'm, for jo-
3: that. I'm joking I'm sticking with my original answer which
2: has one. Because of our income,
1: It's uh, worth Worth a try. Whatever, make
2: make make the most of whichever you can pretend whoever won, uh, dear listener. The,
3: re- the winning moment was the friends we made along the way.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. Those people, we'll go with them. Um, Unsung hero award. The Twitter poll condensed it down to Matt Butcher, Joe Edwards, Callum Burton, and Macaulay Gillespie. Um, but you know, you can give it to whoever you want. Who's
4: first, Joe? I have been a staunch defender of his ever since the fourth of February. Okay. I think was the date in the calendar. Callum, the Cat Burton, is my unsung hero. Super Cal um came in, dealt with an incredible amount of ridiculous social media pressure, some ridiculous opinions on his goalkeeping. He stood firm and yeah, I
3: hate, in- hate to, I'd hate to have had some of those opinions.
4: I didn't.
3: Good job. We didn't have any of those opinions,
2: doesn't
4: it? Yeah, well, I didn't have any of those opinions because I was very much. The no, you it. said earlier,
2: as a collective, we win
4: together, we lose together. Yeah, we do. Um, but we don't criticise unnecessarily together. Um, you can have that on your own conscience. Uh, yeah, Callum Burton, um, I thought the way he dealt with everything at the end of the season there was fantastic. Um, and he made some very important stops in that last month of the season. Uh, most notably the one in the Exeter game actually um, whether or not he knew much about it is another thing but um, yeah Callum Burton for me uh, but I think all of the players on that poll um, would be worthy winners sorry just to interrupt I can't believe that moment of the season wasn't
2: given to Will Ames and giving us a winner in front of the big bank but anyway moving on uh,
1: John Sam He's, yeah, uh, yeah. leading neatly on from Will Ainson giving us uh, the win, win in front of the big back. My unsung hero is Matt Butcher. I think he really grew into the season as it went on. I think at the start of the season, he, he was fine. I think people were criticising him a bit too much, but I kind of get that at the start of the season, some of his performances were a little flat. Some of them were kind of just maybe a little bit doing the bare minimum, possibly. But then he had that spell out of the team. He came back into the team and he was fantastic. He was absolutely great after that. spell. he started to find goals, add goals to his game. He started to, to, you know, be be much more proactive, covered a lot more ground, pressing really well, um, much more involved in games, really putting his stamp on games. And I think when so many other of our CMs were were getting so much attention, obviously everyone loves Adam Randall, he's one of our own. Jay Matete had come in and he made a really strong start. I think Matt Butcher deserves credit. He stepped up and really, really upped his game. As the season went on in the second half of the season, he was a very consistent, very strong performer. Incredibly
2: versatile, too, like, you know, popping up at left wing back away at Cambridge.
1: Um, did he not play centre back one game? At MK, at MK in the 4 yeah. 1 win, he played there, yeah.
2: Yeah, incredible.
3: John. You know what I'm going to say? You know who I'm going to say? My favourite player. Finn Azaz. Finn Azaz. Oh. Not on the Twitter poll, because he's so unsung a hero that whoever wrote that stupid poll didn't even think to think of him. Um I think in all seriousness, it's a bit of a tough one because I actually don't think we have too many unsung heroes in the sense that even the likes of Butcher get their praises sung quite a lot by at least a portion of our fan base. Um so on that kind of note, I don't I don't think it's really fair to say that Azaz has been completely unsung. I think, you know, during his best moments of the season he was rightly praise to the rafters. Um, but I do think that like particularly in in the sort of post-injury part of the season when he didn't quite hit those heights from before, he still influenced a number of games in kind of subtle ways that didn't really, in my opinion, get anywhere near the credit um that, that he you know that he deserved for those performances. Maybe because there was a the depression that in those games other players had sort of more visibly grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck than than he had, perhaps because it, you know, there were some pretty ordinary performances mixed in there too, um, among the you know among the really, really good ones. But for me, I just think subtly an absolutely fantastic player. And whether he comes back or not, I think he's a player who too few fans will remember as one of the best we've had at this club in, in recent times, technically. Just a wonderful technical footballer, some brilliant goals, some amazing contributions. Um,
2: yeah, I'm going to go with Azaz. I hasten to add that the polls were boiled down from all the replies that we got to our um open-ended questions um if you will john but my personal unsung hero i think has to be elliot turner i think this squad is in incredible shape i think the Mm -hmm. Just the perseverance in games to go all the way to the 90, 91st, 92nd, 93rd minute is something, as we've already mentioned, we've not seen for several years or in in my time following Argo, at least. Um, incredible amount of fitness in this group. Every single player, you could argue, has been unsung at some point. Every single player has been up for the player of the season award by several members on Twitter, but I'm going to go for Elliot Turner. Truly unsung. Also, a shout-out to Chris Ralph as well. because The the pitch has look absolutely f- incredible this year. Don't know why I swore there, but it's been incredible.
1: There's my answer. I think Aaron's made a great case, so I'm going to change to Elliot Turner.
4: I'm fine with that. I'm sticking with Callum Burton. 3-1. I'm
1: on a roll tonight.
2: Elliot Turner, unsung hero. Nice. Let's go on to the big ones. Most improved player. Sam, I think you're up first. I can't remember. You know the order. Just do it yourself.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll go for Callum Burton with that one. Because I, I do think that, well, whilst I may have been a bit harshly in my criticism, I do think that's because at the time it was, to an extent, warranted. But but the way he came, he he really grew into the role and, and came into his own in the final sort of month to six weeks of the season. Um, Really cut down, really minimised some of the errors he was making. Began to look more comfortable with the ball at his feet and and, and made some excellent saves like like that extra one that was at nil nil and if we'd have gone one nil behind in that game it could have been a different game so yeah and his command of area grew a lot better just generally seemed a lot more confident in the role than he did so even though he didn't win I'm I'll go for him for most improved but I think the Callum Burton who was playing by the end of April start of May was a very much better version
4: of Callum Burton than the one in February
1: and, and early March
4: tricky it's a tricky one um because by naming a most improved means you think somebody has started poorly and um you've got to eat humble pie about um and i don't like doing that because they're all a very good group um my most improved player if i had to pick one which i obviously have to because i've appeared on this podcast to make these decisions um is matt butcher for the reasons that sam outlined earlier um I was very stupid to have a judgment on Butcher before Christmas um, to which I am more than happy to swallow my pride about and say that I was wrong Um, but yes, Matt Butcher as the season progresses has become an integral part of the team um, and he is my most improved player.
3: Yeah, there's a few in here um, a few in here aren't there and I think I actually disagree with Joe's kind of framing of this. I think that it, most improved player can be someone who started quite well and just really has massively improved their level, even from a pretty good start. I don't think it's saying that, you know, I don't think to, to name a player to this award is to acknowledge necessarily that they had a, a stinking start. Um, I have two candidates in mind and I think Aaron's probably going to say one of them. So I'm going to say the other one. It actually is is one who I think fits in the category that I just mentioned of a player who started well, but has just raised their game so much. Um, and that is Dan Scar. Um, he's always been good for us, but I think this season you have really seen him go from a good centre back at this level to an outstanding one. And by the end of the season, he looked every inch a title-winning League One centre back, um, which I don't think he did uh, before or last season necessarily. So for me, I just think again, not it's not it's not one that I'm saying because I thought he was initially poor or ropey or whatever, but. Um, He's just had an absolutely outstanding season, so I think it has to be Dan Scar for me.
2: Macaulay Gillespie. We'll go with him.
3: I was going to say Gillespie. I think my... I guess I guess there's kind of a question about the... Uh, uh, a question about the category, which is most improved over what time frame? I mean, I'm assuming over the course of this season, in which case I think that Gillespie's improvement with us, which is astronomical for me, mostly happened last season, I would say, between... What I thought was a pretty poor start to last season, and him becoming very good at the back end. Yeah, um, that's,
2: that's that's why i was struggling to choose because I think I would have gone Burton purely from how he was when he started. But um, if I have to pick somebody, I'd say I'd take Gillespie. But he he did win the Twitter poll, so you know the consensus is
4: Gillespie. But um... when when you say you would have gone Burton, given how he started, you mean how he started with a clean sheet at Sheffield Wednesday?
2: Yeah, all right. How many saves did he make? And he actually did concede. Um,
4: he didn't. It was offside. V- v-
1: VAR ruled it out. If I, if I
2: remember, it right. was
4: <laughs>
1: But I would. Um, I think there's a reasonable amount of consensus behind Burton. So I'm. I my vote was Burton. Um, I. I know. I I would change my vote to Gillespie if. Can I know that John nearly went for him and Aaron went for him? So I'm. I, I, there's a reasonable case for Gillespie or Bert and I'll happily change my, change my vote to Gillespie for the sake of a clean winner
3: I, I was actually going to suggest changing my vote to Butcher who I could live with probably the most of all of the other suggestions that I've heard I just don't necessarily see it with Gillespie this season I think he's, yeah. he's he is phenomenally okay. phenomenally
1: improved.
3: I think it's over the course of his Argyle career that he's been phenomen- that he's phenomenally improved not necessarily this season
1: alright you know for what me, I'll change my vote to Butcher for that because he, he didn't win Unsung Hero which I nominated him for so I'll I'll change my vote to Butcher and we'll call it Butcher for that one. There we go. Butcher
2: 4-0. Big win for Joe Bell. Um, let's move on to where is my notes? Loney of the season. We were going to do young player of the season, but I feel like young player of the season and Loney of the season will be the same answer. Um, so, no, I,
3: don't, I wouldn't necessarily say Fina would be the answer to both of those.
2: Yeah, true, fair enough. John, do you want to go first with Um
3: Nah, because I, I don't even think there's really much point going through separate nominees for this category. Let's be honest,
1: it, it's just definitely Mumba, isn't it? It's Mumba, yeah. <laughs> I mean, OK, we're, we're probably all going to agree it's Mumba. I would like to give a shout-out and a respectable name to Morgan Whitaker, because I think he would, after, after being a little bit doubted in his early games by some from September through to December, he was absolutely brilliant for us, and he 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 won games by himself. He took games with the scruff of his neck. He danced through defence and scored brilliant goals. What a great player he was for us, and I think he hopefully he's been sent a title medal in the post because he, he really deserves. It. And it's such a shame that due to whatever internal politicking was going on at Swansea, he wasn't allowed to see out the season with us. And I think he really wanted to, and I think we really wanted him to but it didn't happen. So yeah, Morgan take a big shout out. Hopefully we, we could see him in green again in the future, but I think we all know who the winner's going to be. Bally Mumba has had a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic season. He may well yet win the, the vote we're going to talk about in a minute as well, but certainly for lonely and young player, I think he's the fairly clear winner in, in both of those categories. So if we do want to, you know, include both the categories, I think we probably, nobody's going to really disagree that he's the, the winner in both. He, He's played over a very prolonged period of time, so you know it's not you know he's not just like missed a large number of minutes like a lot of players have. He's he's been a regular player and he's performed to a very high level with some absolutely fantastic moments that have secured the points to win us promotion the title. Anything to add to that, anybody? Oh. I was Day's about to say Joe
2: looks again. like he disagrees, but I think that's because he froze and then drop out <laughs> drops out of the cool. Yeah, I think I don't think you can argue past Mumba. I think um every single one of the lonies have had their their moments and they'll be remembered. Um Lonvite might be a a quiz question in a few years in a pub being like, who was the lad we had from Wolves? Um, but even then he still played his part. Um Joe is back with us. Joe, you looked at you looked in uh, shock, but we don't know if that's because you froze. <laughs>
4: uh yeah, thank God for ultimate Wi-Fi at Premier Inns. Uh other Hotel chains are available. Um, my loney of the season is it? Are we just going with Mumba so far? Have we.
2: If you've got a case for somebody else, crack on.
4: I have the way Jay Matete can get booked within a matter of seconds coming off the pitch is some talent. <laughs> no, <laughs> all all seriousness. Um, it, I'd I'd love to give it to Whitaker because he had such a difference on the team before Christmas. But um, yeah. There's only one
2: Barley Mumba. Sorry, going back to most improved, so the first couple of games I saw Whittaker, I thought, what, wow, an absolute donkey? What is this guy? Uh, I even tweeted about it, but delete. is cheating, so it's still there, if people want to find it. Um, I've since uh, eaten my own words. Um,
3: yeah, you can actually go uh, search it, but, uh, find it by searching at um feed the spud and the word donkey and then scrolling through the long, long, long <laughs> tweets mentioning you and the word donkey before you can uh, finally get to the Whittaker one.
2: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um. So let's just call let's just call Bally young player of the season as well. Moving on to the big one. The the most coveted prize in the Argyle Life Awards. Player of the Season. I can't remember the order, and you've all switched around on the zoom. So whoever wants to go
4: first, now's your opportunity. I think it's me, isn't it? If you want, off you go. Yeah, Joe, then me- um, player of the season uh, um, doesn't even know. Well, I'm I'm actually going to keep with the vote I gave in the official Plymouth Argyle player of the season to vote, um, and it wasn't Barley Mumba, it wasn't Finn Isaac Azaz, um, it is for Michael Cooper, um, who all the data geeks tell us kept helping us outperform our data through the whole through most of the season um but the the kids just incredible um we we've got one of the best young goalkeepers um in the country at any level um he's a phenomenal talent he is very much our own academy prospect and i am counting down the days until we stop seeing him appearing in tiktok videos and we see him back pulling on a goalkeeping jersey for Argyle. It is not far away, and I cannot wait to see Michael Cooper back between the uprights because he is a phenomenal, phenomenal goalkeeper.
2: How much would it take for us to get you to recreate that Michael Cooper famous dance, Joe, for TikTok? What
4: for me? A content, yeah. Um, it'd probably take a few crates of Budweiser. That thought. can be
2: arranged. I'm sure we can do that. John, you were eager to go first, but you've gone second. It's it's a difficult question
3: because, and I think we have sort of discussed this in person a bit, you know, number one, it really has been an incredible team effort and there haven't been that many individuals for me who have stood head and shoulders above all the rest in terms of dragging us over the line. To the extent that there have been, um you know and and Michael Cooper would be someone who I think normally I would strongly be leaning towards for this award Call me old-fashioned I'm not sure they've played enough minutes um I think a player of the season has to be someone who has not had you know barring really exceptional circumstances which Joe might argue have been met with Cooper but someone who has been out injured for a third of the season or just not played because of rotation or whatever I think I think it's a, I think it's a knock against you when you're deciding something like this. So it is a really difficult one. But I've been thinking about it for quite a long time. I'm going to go with Joe Edwards. Um, and the reason is that I think he has typified pretty much everything I've just said. He has been the heart and soul. Um, always there. Always hardworking of a team that just doesn't know when to give up. He's been an incredible leader on and off the pitch. Um and I think also crucially for an award like this, his the, the quality of his play has enormously improved um, over particularly over the final weeks of the season. Popped up with those very vital goals um, against uh, Shrewsbury, Cambridge, and, and Port Vale to help us get over the line and then clinch the title, uh, having not scored all season, I believe, up until that point. Um, you know, he's somebody in the past you I have said I don't you know I think as much as I love him and as much as he kind of you know is Mister Plymouth Argyle in, in the current setup. Someone I've sort of criticised on a technical level in the past, but I think he has, just like the rest of them, and maybe more so, outrageously overperformed his level this season in terms of just ability and fitness and everything. And so I think both based on his own merits, but also as a kind of metaphor for the extraordinary achievement um, that that we have managed to pull off, I think I'm going to put forward Edwards for this.
1: I am going to, and I'm going to break the rules a little bit here, because it's my birthday. I'm going to trust Aaron to let me get away with it. I'm going to nominate two, because I'm, I'm banking, and Aaron can shake his head if I'm wrong, that Aaron's going to nominate Ballymumba. And I think there are two others that I really, really are, want to put in there. You are wrong. You are wrong, but crack oh, Okay, the two I want to nominate, and maybe if you just tell me if either of those are your one, then I can... I, I want to nominate Danny Mayer and Scar. Don't even... Neither, okay, cool. Okay. Oh, no, no, Danny Mayer and Dan Scarp. The reason I want to put those two up for it is because I think when you're, like what John said, when you're balancing player of the season, you have to wait two factors against each other. You have to wait who was the best player during the time in which they played. And then you have to wait, have they, through no fault of their own, contributed enough minutes to be player of the season? On the first category, it's Cooper. Not even close, it's Cooper. But on the second category, I think he's just missed too many minutes for me, to vote for him spare in the season. I think possibly other two candidates who I think have just been absolutely outstanding when they've played in the, in the large part, Niall Ennis and Adam Randall. I think, again, they've just missed too many minutes. Morgan Whitaker, outstanding, but he was only a half season. He's just missed too many minutes. So of the players who've played enough minutes, I want to nominate Dan Scar and Danny Mair. Dan Scar, because he, he's, he's also missed quite a few minutes, but he's not missed as many minutes as those others. And he's been consistently very good. Like John said, he's come on to a fantastic League One centre-half. Consistently brilliant. So I want to nominate him. Um, I really want to nominate Danny Mayer. And it not just like an emotional thing that he's leaving. I, I think what you've really got to look at the stats is that, our, again, it's not a denigrated being a team effort. But if you look at players who've made an individual contribution, our points per game when Danny Mayer starts is astronomically better than our points per game when he does not. I think almost all of our games where we've dropped points this season have been in the games where he's not started. Is he the player who makes the most flashiest, most obvious contribution in terms of goals? No, he's not. He gets us up the pitch. He gets us into good positions. He gets defenders to clear the ball for other players to latch on to. He makes the pass that leads to the assist. He, keeps it. He, keep, he, he all season long, has kept us ticking over brilliantly. And we are generally so much better for it. Um, And he's left big shoes to fill. So I'd like to nominate Dan Starr and Danny Mayer. And I'll leave it to Aaron to nominate a fifth person.
2: I think this is easily the hardest category. Just basically because... as Easily the hardest. Easily the hardest. Is that wrong? I would
3: would say it's hardly the easiest. Hardly the easiest. (laughs) Shut up, John.
2: (laughs) Either or, whatever John says... That that way round. There's there's several. I was going to go Edwards first, Cooper second. And then I did think about Danny Mayer, but I'm just not sure that his statistical output, and I don't want to get all data boffins or whatever you called them earlier uh, about this. um, I'm not sure... That counts. I don't think I would go with Scar because of his minutes missed. Granted, not as many as Cooper and Co, but still, I think um, I would just I, i'll I'll give a nomination for Macaulay Gillespie. I don't think he's going to win it, and it wouldn't be my first choice. But um, as I can't nominate the same person as anybody else, I'll go with uh, Macaulay Gillespie just for being, a, you know. Solid presence he's, he's played, apart from a, f- a, few, a few games where they had to manage his minutes, has played almost every game throughout. Phenomenal player, most improved over the two seasons, not just this season, as, as I mentioned. Um, and I think actually um, him, and if we can keep Galloway fit, is a, is a, which is a big if, is a big, um, solid left-sided centre-back pairing choice option. Uh, going into next season. So I'll, I'll throw McCauley Gillespie's hat into the ring, but well aware that he's not going to win this. Although he did come out um, the favourite on the second poll, which I didn't condense when I said I would. But...
4: I'm sticking with Michael Cooper.
3: Does this mean Edwards has won? Because you said he was your first choice and he's mine. Um, of
1: of my two, I'm yeah. going to settle for my final choice of Danny lair You're, you're Dan of the match. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it depends, Aaron. Do you want to be the kingmaker for either Joe Edwards, Danny Mayer, or Mike Cooper?
2: Oh. I just, I just want to give it to Eddie, to be honest. What a man. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's just, a worthy winner. He just epitomizes everything, doesn't he? He's just like, he's just such a good looking bloke as well. I mean, Cooper's good looking, but no, oh, come on. Just, <laughs> oh. Fantastic
1: criteria. But
2: um... I know, but like, I think as well, just like we needed. When when we needed him to step up, he stepped up. And especially towards the end of the season. And, you know, okay, it might be recency bias against Cooper, but um just, you know, a fantastic finish to the season. Got us over the line, got us the goal at Vale. <laughs> yeah, let's go, Edwards. Let's go, Joe. Uh, yeah, you know
1: what, I, I I genuinely think any of the six that we've all said, plus Mumba, plus even maybe even Ennis or Randall, would all be genuinely worthy winners. But I think there seems to be a consensus leaning toward Edwards, so let, let's go for it, Joe Edwards. Congratulations! I'll go live the player of the season. He's won the big one, and
2: then oh, actually, sorry, no, there is a big one. The big final, the big final award of the night is 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 our players' player moment. It's our favourite podcast moment of the season. Sam Down, you're up first.
1: I think it has to be Joe's response to the Schumacher to Everton question. Sorry, I just had me absolutely creasing myself for minutes. I was just like enjoying the chaos unfolding ahead of me. But yeah, I think it has to be Joe's rant about the prospect of Schumacher potentially leaving as my
4: podcast moment of the season. Uh, My player's player, my podcast moment of the season is something that listeners may or may not hear about. Let's hope they do hear about it in the end of season bloopers. Are all the copious amounts of failed attempts by Aaron every week to get the intro to these podcasts spot on? Which <laughs> leave me and John Olsopp in absolute stitches watching him struggle every week.
1: Can we have it a blooper
4: reel? <laughs> it takes three or four attempts every week, and my podcast moment of the week, of the year is Aaron's useless attempts at intros for every episode.
2: Just just my useless attempt of trying to talk. I think. Um... As soon as I turn the microphone on, that's it. And I'm the only one with an actual microphone, and my audio sounds the worst. So there's that. John Allsop. For me, it will have to be the
3: time that we told Sam Down we were all going to do Mumba at the end of the tequila song, uh, with obviously no intention of any of us <laughs> actually shouting it apart from him.
1: You um, bastard,
3: yeah. <laughs> and he actually, I think, realized what we were doing and still obliged i'm a good sam, sport like that sam, sam, one, one more one more for like sam da, 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 da.
2: Mumba. that's there a better going. that's a better take than the one we got i've got i think i've got three i think i've got um the no, it's not your birthday you're only allowed one yeah fair enough i've got <laughs> the john the john allsop x pete bock uh have you boarded the wayne train edit i quite enjoyed that i've got the you can't just twist my words john rant um and I can't remember what game that was after. I think that might have been Pete. And then the third one, you've just done it, John. Your laugh. Um, my other half did want a uh laugh, a podcast laugh award, and she would have given it to uh, Finn, whereas I would have given it to you, John. Um, or Joe's impression of your laugh, which was pretty good as well. So, um, we'll go there. Uh, okay, podcast moment of the season. What are we what are we going for?
4: I, I quite like the whole you can't twist my words like that, John. I enjoyed that. I didn't I enjoyed that argument. It's the only I've yeah, you know,
2: ever
1: <laughs> had quoted back to me as well. Um As much as I love Aaron's blooper, like, I it, I feel it's not really a moment. And I think it's like a fantastic blooper reel, but it's not really a, a singular moment. So I think I, I think I have to um, no one's suspect joke out that one out. Um I think your impression of John's laugh and his subsequent impression subsequent impression of you would was very good. So I, I think both of those are, are worthy. But um, no, actually, on reflection, I think it has to be John Orsop singing, Have You Boarded the Wayne Drain? Um, <laughs> it was <would, laughs> just just perfection.
3: Can I, can I be very meta and do an Argyle in terms of like, Promotion being the moment of the season, and say that the moment of the podcast season is this conversation about the moment of the season.
2: Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. If,
3: Very if, you
1: think uh, about yeah. It,
3: if you think about it, this conversation is A on the podcast, and B has referenced all of our moments of the season. So if you say that this is the moment of the season, it's a moment that contains all of the other moments. So we actually don't need to choose one.
1: Yeah, can't argue with that.
2: Nice. Um, and we appreciate all the listeners, all the support, all the engagement on social media. Listening. All five of them. All five of them. Well, they're growing. There's about six or seven now, John.
3: And then to be clear to anyone listening, if you have a favourite uh, moment of the season from this podcast, you can uh, email it to us at you really need to get a life at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, we do appreciate it, um, and obviously the, the deal with Talksport's helped, um, and uh, appreciate all three of you, and Finn, and uh, who else has been on? Elliot, and... Uh, Dan and Lou. Dan and, Nick. Nick and, and Nick. And
4: Nick,
1: um, and... on once as well, isn't
4: he? And, yes, and Elliot, and everybody, and... And Neil Duesnip. We need to appreciate him a bit more as well. And
2: Neil oh, yes. And... Um, I'm sure to end the pod, Joe. Thoughts on Schumacher 2? So, no, I'm joking. Anyway, um, cheers, guys. Thanks for another great episode. I'm going to say great. I'm going to call it here. Great episode of Green and White brought to you by Argyle Life. Um, what a very professional outro. Um, goodbye.
4: Good evening. We're going
3: up.
2: Goodbye. Before we go, we are going to take a Week or two break from the pod at the end of the season. Uh, it feels like a natural place to take a break, obviously, unless anything happens, you know, looking towards um, Hampshire or, you know, any any big news happens, we'll jump back on. But between now and next season, we'll take a few weeks break, come back, and when there's a bit more news, whether that's season tickets or signings or anything big from the world of our girl, then we'll jump back on. With that brings a close to another green and white pod brought to you by Argyle Life. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, like on Facebook and keep up to date with all things Argyle by checking out www.argyle.life. As always, with all listens, old and new, we really appreciate if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us. Every rating helps us beat that algorithm. See you next week.